Hello, welcome to the next in my series of studies in John's Gospel. If I was to ask you, what is your story? I wonder if you'd find that an easy question to answer or a difficult question. I think many of us find it a difficult question in the sense of being able to pinpoint or articulate what it is that we would say our life story is in terms of what God may have done. If I was to ask you what difference God makes to your life, if I was to ask you what it is that you would think and be able to say God has done in your life that's made you different to how you were before you knew God or before you'd heard of God, how easy is that answer? For some of us, it might be quite straightforward, but I guess for many of us, it's hard to pinpoint And I want to, in this next study in John 9, try and help us to understand and reflect on and be able to pinpoint and define the difference that God makes in our lives. Now, this is all part of this series from John 9 about the what now. Let me explain the what now. You see, Jesus has come and encountered a man who has been born blind from birth. And the disciples ask him whose sin it was that had caused this. Now, this was an a normal religious question because there was a belief that everything bad in life was the result of somebody's sin. But Jesus shocks them by giving them a different answer to the answer they expect. He tells them that unexplained suffering is not explained by sin. And we can look at all of this in our previous studies if you haven't got those to hand. But The point Jesus goes on to make is that it's not about why this has happened, it's about what God is going to do. And so we've been asking ourselves and trying to encourage each other to not look at the why, but the what now. All of us suffer. All of us will have had times in our life that have been really difficult. And it's very tempting and easy to ask the question, why is this happening to me? And quite often that becomes a bit of a cul-de-sac. And what Jesus is encouraging us to do is to have a different question. How might the work of God be displayed in the difficult parts of our lives? And over the last three studies in particular, I've begun to explore that in different ways and from different angles to look for what God can be doing for his glory. And that's the key is to say to God, here's my life and I want you to reshape, to redeem, to refashion the things that feel pointless, the things that have been rubbish. I want you to bring and transform some good out of them such that people praise and turn to God. So Jesus encounters this man, and having said this, we read in verse 6, he does a very strange and unpleasant thing. He spits on the ground, makes some mud, and puts it on the man's eyes. Then he tells him to go and wash. And so the man went and washed. And in our last study, we looked at what it is that Jesus might be asking us to do. Because the man, when he went and did what was asked of him, found that his... uh, uh, sight had been restored. And we pick it up in verse 8. His neighbours and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? How might the work of God be displayed in a difficult part of our lives? I want to suggest that it's really important to let the change be seen. In other words, those around him knew what he was. They knew he'd been a beggar and they knew that something 
had changed within him. How is it that we can allow God to be seen both in the difficult and perhaps parts of our life that we would rather remain hidden? How can God be seen in that and in the transformation that he wants to bring? Some claimed, verse 9, that he, were, uh, that he was. Others said, no, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. We're going to see in the next study uh, that there was real conflict around this episode and that people were angry that Jesus had healed him on a Sabbath. But the man doesn't hide. He says, it's me. He owns what has happened to him. He's prepared to tell his story. He doesn't want to hide what has happened to him. How were your eyes opened, they asked. And he replied in verse 11, the man they called Jesus made some mud and put it in my eyes. Put it on my eyes, rather. In my eyes would have been unpleasant. He put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and then I could see. He tells his story. And that's what I want us to think about for a moment. That if God is to be displayed in our lives, if the point of our life is to glorify God, if we want the difficult, the ugly, the painful, the things that we may feel pointless to have some kind of beautiful meaning, then we're going to have to be able to tell our story. His story was, I went and I washed and now I could see. And I want to give you some possibilities as to what your story might be. And it may be that as you begin to reflect on what I'm saying, you think, well, actually, there's more than one story that's my story. And these are the stories that other people need to hear in order to give them the hope that those stories might become their story. Let me give you an example. You see, for many of us, our story might be of guilt cleansed. Our story might be that we could say, there was a time when I lived in deep shame about what I had done or what I was like. There was a time when my life was filled with regrets. There was a time when I felt unloved and unworthy. There was a time when my self-esteem was smashed or when I carried deep shame. And we will live amongst people who feel that. That may even be our story now. The world wants to hide that. We want to put up all kinds of masks and pretend that's not how we feel. But many of us feel this. So much so that Jesus comes primarily to deal with this very issue. To bring forgiveness. And maybe you've forgotten what you used to feel like. And the cross and discovering that Jesus had died, had shed his blood for us, maybe that's become something that we are familiar with. But for those who still feel and live in a real sense of guilt, they need to hear our story. 
Our story that acknowledged the guilt that we felt, but that we have now discovered the cleansing of Jesus. Maybe it was in a moment, maybe it was in a process, maybe it came through scripture, maybe it came in a time of worship, maybe it came through the hearing of something being taught, maybe it came in our baptism, maybe it came in our times of prayer on our own, maybe it came in a profound moment with tears, maybe it came with laughter. I don't know, but do you have a story of discovering that you are forgiven? And if that's not your story, but you want it to be your story, can I tell you that it's my story and it's the story of many people who felt utterly useless, unworthy and rubbish and discovered that God picked us up out of that pit and said, come and follow me and placed his value on us. Let's not be ashamed of our story because there will be others who feel as we did. So there are two great dangers. One is that we forget our story and the other is that we think it's insignificant. I want you to encourage you, if that's your story of guilt cleansed, to put on your antennae to spot those who have low self-esteem, to spot those who speak disparaging of themselves, to spot those whose lifestyles reveal a guilt that hangs over them. And pray for the opportunity to tell your story. I am that person. I once was this, but now I'm that. But there are lots of other stories that Jesus will have brought into our lives. It may be that your story is of peace received. It may be that you understand and can echo that scripture that talks about the, Jesus bringing a peace that is beyond human understanding, that is irrational. Maybe that you know of times when you felt there was a huge storm raging, but right within your soul was a peace that God was with you, and that you would overcome that problem. Well, again, can I encourage you to tell that story, to have the confidence to talk about the fears of the storm, to not forget it. And again, to look for those who you see are anxious and fearful, who feel buffeted in a storm, who feel that the future is bleak. And to tell your story. Again, appropriately at the right time, maybe praying just for questions to be asked. But to tell your story of peace, of God flooding. Maybe it was that moment of, of feeling overwhelmed by the presence of God that brought a peace. Maybe it was something that's gradually that dawned upon you. Maybe it was just realizing as you look back in hindsight that you didn't feel as anxious as you thought you ought to have done. Tell the story. Make it your story. Maybe your story is similar and it's of love discovered. My story is certainly that of having a moment of intense awareness that God loved me. And maybe that's your story. Do you know how to tell it? Or do you hide it? 
I don't mean you crowbar it and force it into people, but you just pray for those moments where people say, what is it that you believe? Why do you go to church? Why do you pray? What is it that you do there? And you can say, well, my story is this. I had this moment where I felt the overwhelming love of God that captured me. Maybe you can tell them the song. Maybe you can tell them the scripture you were reading. Maybe you can tell them where and when you were when it happened. Maybe your story is all of those put together of guilt cleansed, of peace received, of love discovered. Let's not hide it. I am that man, said the beggar. I am the man who was a beggar, but now I see. And maybe your story is of purpose found. Maybe your story is that through the difficult points of life, you, yes, discovered forgiveness, or yes, you discovered peace, or yes, you discovered God's love, but maybe your story is in the difficult times you discovered that God had something that he wanted you to do, and you felt valued because there was a role, there was a a task that you felt fulfilled because you realized what God wanted to do with your life. And maybe that came through a process that was difficult, as what you thought you had built your life upon, the ambitions that you thought you had became empty or crumbled or were closed off to you and our story is that when God took hold of us he said here is your role that uses our gifts that uses our passions that uses our experience that uses our opportunities and maybe your story is of period of feeling empty and that life was pointless And when God got hold of you, you realized what the point of life was. Or maybe you're still watching in that sense of, I don't know what my purpose is, and I haven't discovered what it means to love God with all my heart. I haven't discovered what it means to love my neighbor. I haven't discovered what, how my gifts are to be used to shape and improve and bless the world in God's name. Let me encourage you to ask for that story and to listen to those who found it. And if we know that life is purposeful, let's tell our story. Because we will be surrounded by many, many people who do not know the point of life, the point of living. And when we discover that God created us to live in relationship with others and to love and to bless and to build and to strengthen and to to bind up and to equip other people that he has built us to be shaped and focused on the care of others to the glory of God. When we discover that, we're liberated. Maybe our stories of strength given, of being in an incredibly difficult place and not knowing how we were going to keep going, how we would come through and how we would survive, of feeling like we were going to give up, feeling at the very end of our, our, our tether. Maybe we, we, we cried out. And yet here we are stood in faith. Can we tell these stories? Maybe our story is of wisdom transforming us 
of discovering the principles and values of Scripture that have turned our life around, things we thought that the world had taught us or that we'd copied or modeled from our family life that we thought made sense that actually were damaging and disrupting our lives and the lives of the people we live with. And when we started to live biblically, when we started to live as Scripture encourages to do, we found that our life made far much uh, made far more sense. Maybe that's our story. The world needs to hear that story. Let's not be silent. Let's not keep it quiet. Let's not be afraid. Maybe our story is of prayers answered. Of that intervention that we, yes, maybe we could say it was a coincidence, but we know God has stepped in. And perhaps this is the easiest story to share and yet the one we so often forget. Let's tell people that we pray for them. Let's ask people if there are things we can pray about. And when they say why and what's the point, let's tell them our story of those prayers that we have found answered. And the last story that may be your story It's a future assured of no longer fearing death, of having a vision and a hope of heaven and a citizenship in a place that means that we can endure this life and overcome. So what is our story of God transforming suffering? The suffering of guilt becomes cleansing. The suffering of anxiety becomes peace received. The suffering of alienation becomes love discovered. The suffering of emptiness becomes purpose found. The suffering of weakness becomes strength given. The suffering of foolishness becomes wisdom that transforms. The suffering of needing of problems that need God's intervention becomes prayers answered and the suffering of death and fearing and experiencing bereavement perhaps is future assured. He tells his story. In the next session, we'll unpack that a little bit more, but just want to show you one final thing before we close. Where is this man, they asked him, I don't know, he said. Very often we don't tell our stories because we're frightened that we don't know all the answers. But he didn't know. He had to just say what he did know. And you see, telling our story is not about having all the theological answers, not about knowing all the scriptures, it's not about knowing the philosophical explanations, it's just simply knowing our story. That once he was blind, but now he sees. It's just knowing our story that once we felt rubbish, but now we feel loved. It's once we felt dirty, but now we feel clean. Once we felt anxious, but now we found peace. Once we felt futile, but now we found purpose. Once we felt alone, but now we have found strength. Once we were afraid, but now we found a future assured. Once we did everything in our own strength, but now we have found a God who answers our prayers. I want to encourage us to know our stories. I pray that there'll be more than one that we got. I pray that we will have the confidence to say, this is what God is doing in my life. 
and I'm not ashamed. And if somebody asks me, I'll tell them. So what are our stories? And how do we ensure we don't hide them? Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you that you have been at work in our lives and that's different for every one of us. We thank you that you transform the difficult things and you bring good out of them. We thank you that we have a story. Sometimes we've forgotten it. Sometimes we can't see it. Lord, open our eyes. And sometimes we need to finish that story So where we've recognized that we need that story, Lord, will you complete it in our lives? And then, Father, we ask for the opportunity and the right words to gently, sensitively, wisely, truthfully, and carefully to tell our story. To recognize those who are where we were and to empathize and compassionately show them a hope. Help us to tell our story, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.